Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast. This is OpsCast After Dark, brought to you by the MoPros. I'm Michael Hartman, joined today by Naomi Liu and Mike Rizzo, my co-host here. Mike, Naomi, you want to say hello? Hello. I do want to say hello. You do. Oh, Hi. Kristen Ham, so. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right. Well, and this is a, this is a first for uh, OpsCast After Dark. We have a guest. So joining us today to talk shop is Courtney McCara who has her own marketing tech slash marketing ops consultancy called Mustang MarTech. She's also held several different roles in marketing, MarTech, and marketing ops in her career. And she's an advisor to Highway Education, who um, we had on a few episodes ago. Courtney, thanks for joining us for OpsCast After Dark. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> Sound effects. All right. All right. Oh, oh, whoops, welcome. overdoing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we actually have a lot to celebrate. You, Courtney, it is so like it is. A, this is a milestone episode for us in a couple of ways. One, earlier this week, we hit five thousand downloads for the podcast. We're pretty excited about that, and and this is our fortieth episode. So, some big, big times here. So, um, for those, for those of us, uh, those of you listening, this is uh, Opscast F Dark is a little more of an informal. We don't really have an agenda, but I think let's like Mike Naomi, like what have you like? What's your reaction? Like we've this is something that I don't know that we ever could have predicted that we'd get to this point. There's a, I think I think I heard something like I don't know what the numbers are, but a significant number of podcasts start and never make it past like ten episodes. So. I will chime in. I am part of a podcast that has been stale for a few weeks or months. So I understand the behind the scenes, the the discipline and dedication it takes. So kudos to you guys for keeping it going. That's all kudos to Mr. Hartman. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just keep our, sending our people guests. his way. Yeah. And our listeners who like continue to give us feedback and support us. So yeah, like, it's, it's, it's totally you, Michael. And like everybody who's just like, is so eager to want to like share or is like open to the idea of like just hashing it out with you and figuring out like, what can I share? That's yeah. That, it's a, it's a community thing for sure. It's really cool. It's incredible. Five thousand dollars. That's a lot. If you think That's... about kind of the market of how many, you know, mops professionals are out there, or you know, back in the day, I used to know how many Marketo customers there were. There's not that many, so I feel like five thousand's got to be a really big percentage of the market. It feels that way, but you know, Michael and I know that we're not. We don't have a ton of reach in like um, outside of the U.S. and Canada. Like, it's not. It doesn't go super far. Um, but doing things with other, other mops leaders out there in the UK and Australia has really helped like, uh, Juan Mendoza from the MarTech weekly. He writes a wonderful newsletter for those of you who aren't subscribed to it. Like definitely check it out. He dedicates a ton of time to that. Um, and then Franz, uh, I failed to remersa. Yeah. I always mess his last name up, but he's doing a lot with Scott Brinker on and kind of in, uh, the UK area on marketing ops and stuff like that too. So involve getting involved with them, 
promoting them, you know, so that hopefully everybody sort of learns from all these different outlets, not just us, um, has been helpful, but yeah, it is a big number, but there's a lot of mops people out there. Yeah, totally. And well, one of the things that I I know the 5,000, it's hard to really gauge like where that sits in the whole realm of podcasts or podcasts, even in marketing or MarTech mops. But um, one of the things that that always strikes me is, Mike, I think you and I were trading messages about this, is that one of the top downloaded episodes is still our very first episode, which was like, I think all around what is the definition of mops. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's one of the top downloads and continues to have more downloads is, I think, tells tells me a little bit about just how you know people want to feel like they're uh, there's a little clarity around it. They want people to know what it is they do and um, how we can do you know, how we do that. So anyway, I, I'm excited. Um, you know, when this started, had no idea what it was going to do. It, Courtney, you point out right, it's it's a labor of love and there's probably more work than people realize is in it just like all parts of marketing ops too. Right. But, um, it's, Very symbolic. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. So, um, but since we've got you here, Courtney, maybe, uh, maybe we continue this a little bit and just tell us a little bit about your, your path. Like how did you get into marketing ops and eventually get into doing consulting? What's that? What's that story? Yeah, it's I think just the the classic story of I just fell into it because no one ever studied mops in school. It wasn't even an option. Um, I I finished my MBA in the summer of two thousand and eight, and that's when there was no jobs and the economy was tanking, and it was very very difficult. And I remember sitting in coffee shops with my friends, you know, sending out resume after resume and cover letters and just begging for anything and was hiring, wanted to be at a tech company. But, you know, even though in my MBA program, I did, I remember learning a little bit about a CRM, but actually hating that experience. I really enjoyed the supply chain management class, but I wasn't going to go work at a supply chain factory. And I ended up getting an interview with this small tech company um, in Seattle. And actually the cover letter I sent them at the very bottom I put, P.S., please hire me. Trust me, I'm awesome. Because I was like, I need a job. And it was so hard. So I got a very entry-level marketing coordinator role. Um, I actually reported to the CEO because she was very hands-on in marketing and really kind of was a gopher. I you know, schlepped boxes of collateral around and fixed the Xerox machine and kind of all of those things for a while. And eventually, they did have Salesforce. And it was one of those companies that probably bought Salesforce when they didn't really need it and no one really owned it. A lot of people had gone in and messed some things up and they had a really messy way of entering some data. They sold to dentists and very frequently they never knew the dentist's first name. It was always like Dr. Smith, Dr. Something. And someone had didn't realize that first name was a required field for some reason. So they just put the word needs in the first name field, N-E-E-D-S, like they need the name. Uh, I feel like there, I feel like there's a moops coming down. <laughs> coming yeah. And oh, I yeah. remember the first couple times I was trying to figure out how to do an email blast and they, they had vertical response and MailChimp. And, you know, I was kind of teaching myself those things. I'm like, what is needs? I don't understand. And someone told me, oh, we need, we need to get their first name. Like the next time someone's on the phone with a dentist, we want to ask. And I was like, there has got to be a better way. And I just jumped in. I think I was so glad to not, you know, be filling the coffee machine again that I was like, let me go and figure it out. I like Excel. I like spreadsheets and the supply chain experience and the MBA program kind of made sense to me about sending an email and 
waiting to see who clicks or sending an autoresponder and that kind of thing. And it was a wonderful experience. That's crazy. Okay. So did that for a while. Did that for a while. I joined Seattle's like Salesforce user groups and went to Dreamforce and kind of started drinking all the Kool-Aid and and eventually kind of got poached by Expedia, which is in Seattle. um, And then Mm. ended up in a role where they had had Marketo for about a year or two. And it was like on and running and going. And I got the keys to it and then started doing Marketo user groups and that's really where I was like, oh, finally, I found my people and this all makes sense. Um, and that was definitely, that actually job was really more of a demand gen job, but we didn't have anyone doing mops. And I remember every week I'd go to my boss and she'd be like, so how are those you know, demand gen campaigns going? And I'm like, uh, they're okay, but look at this data normalization thing that I did. <laughs> look at all these other things. And I started to realize I'm not really a demand gen person. I don't like to write copy. I'm not... I get, I get some anx- anxious about doing that kind of stuff and like feeling responsible for pipeline for sales. I really enjoyed fixing the integration for webinars more. Um, so eventually led to wanting to be really in MOPS um, and then kind of took off from there. So That's I want to really hear from cool. you guys, though. Did I mean, did everyone kind of have a, this roundabout weird way into getting into this career? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Naomi could go first. Um, yeah, I, I definitely did not think that, you know, when I was going to school, like my declared major in university was originally computer science. And, you know, my, my, I have a very, I guess you could say medical family where, you know, I definitely raised a few eyebrows and my dad was like, computers, like, what is that about? Like, you should be a doctor, you know, doctor, lawyer, or accountant. Those are your only options. And he's like, computers, what is that? And then, um, about halfway through, I kind of was like, you know, I just, I, I, I don't see myself being a developer or a software engineer or anything like that. And so I, I switched to communications and, um, I actually am very glad I did that because I feel like it's given me the ability to kind of see both sides. Right. And I kind of act now as a translator between it and the business. I kind of toe that line between, you know, being, I can be technical enough that I'm very dangerous in that sense, but I'm also, you know, can speak, I have good business acumen too, I guess you could say. And so oftentimes I'm in these meetings where I'm like, no, 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 that's not what they mean. This is what they mean. Right. And I I really like that because it kind of gives me that balance between there's days, sometimes weeks where I just want to be very technical, right. I want to be in the weeds. I want to be in the data. I want to, you know, look behind underneath the hood and and look at code. And there's other days where I'm just like, give me high level strategy. And that's like, what's going to make me happy. So I like having both sides. Um, but how I fell into it is to be honest, like this was in 2007, um, a friend of mine who, uh, was working at a tech company reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm, you know, they were a, a computer security company and they were like, Hey, you know, we're looking for somebody to help us build and send emails, you know? And at that time, you know, I, I had not really done emails. I built websites, you know, I built a, Backstreet Boys fan site on GeoCities when I was a kid. You know, that's how I taught myself HTML. What? I know. I hope that you have <laughs> screenshots of that. <laughs> no, and I have, and this is the sidebar, but the best S, um, SDR outreach email I've ever received um, was from this, this woman who sang me, uh, she wrote a song um, and sang it to the tune of Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. 
to convince me to take a call with her. Wow. Because she had listened to another podcast where I'd mentioned this. But this was, like re- this was like within the last year, right? Yeah. I remember yeah. this. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And, oh I, and I posted it on LinkedIn with her permission. And um, that was, yeah, honestly, it was the best. And I think I had one other person try to sing me a song after, but I was like, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah, that's a know. one and done. She gets the key. I know. Yeah, exactly. So um, I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And this is, I think we were using like pivotal market first or something. It's not even a product anymore. And it, it was like the wild, wild west of email marketing. You know, what is GDPR? What is Castle? Let's just like send 200,000 emails on a Friday afternoon and go home. <laughs> you know? so. Oh man, I have to piggyback on that. Cause I remember when I was doing these vertical response emails with Salesforce, the first time we did it, we sent to like 200,000 dentists and then it flooded the sales team. And then they came back to me. They're like, no, we want you just to send, you know, 20,000 a day for the next 14 days. So I made this whiteboard calendar and was, you know, doing it all manually, taking Excel sheets and slicing and dicing. And then that's when I was like, again, there's, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be people out here that know how to do this. Cause I'm really like flying blind. What do you mean? It's not easy to just like randomly select 20,000 people at a time and not accidentally email somebody twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then of course, one day, process. you know, the, there's not a big response rate, rate. And so they're like, oh, can you send 40,000 tomorrow? Because today was really quiet. And it was just, yeah, the, again, and there was no footer on half of the emails. I'm sure there was no unsubscribe link. Like, who knows? It was the Wild West for sure. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think those were the days when the, the metric that the email marketing team said was the volume of emails they sent as opposed to anything else. Oh, yeah. They were so proud. Yeah. We yeah. spent, you know, a million emails. We spent a million. I'm like, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just spammed the whole world. Thank you for that. Uh, Crazy. I'm so glad we have rules in place now. Guardrails. Last episode, we talked about guardrails. They are great. <laughs> Let's keep those. Yeah. Naomi, thanks for sure. was that everything? Was that, was that your whole story there? No, it's just, I mean, and then, so yeah, so I worked there for a handful of years and, you know, brought, it started w- where we, we sent one newsletter a month and that was like this amazing like milestone of, you know, just this like a- accomplishment where the market automation platform wasn't tied into a CRM at all. We were using Salesforce at the time to being exposed to doing an entire, um, uh, vendor evaluation and how do you in- integrate it? And at the time we had picked um, Neolane, which was then acquired by Adobe and rebranded to Adobe Campaign. So, yeah. And then from there, just like ended up building a team, working with some really talented people. And then I, I would say that it wasn't until about five years later that I started to hear the term marketing operations kind of thrown around pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys kind of like, I I feel right now that still the term marketing ops does not get the same kind of like um, recognition or um, sense of, Oh yeah, I understand what that is as sales ops does. Right. So like if someone says to you, I work in sales operations, you generally know what it is that they are doing. Whereas if you say marketing ops, that term, depending on the size of your business and how mature they are in terms of technology adoption, it can be anything from like demand gen to copywriting to, you know, actual true marketing ops. So it's a bit kind of yeah. ranging. 
And I think the complexity of the role is what sort of like continues, like it's a persistent complexity, which like sort of like exacerbates the problem, right? Like, oh, because I could like, I actually still don't understand what you're saying. You're like UTM medium leads to source leads to, yeah, no, just, yeah, just, can you just build the report for me? Like, you hear that from people and like, I don't want to try to understand you. And so I sort of, like, it sort of like exacerbates the problem of like, I, I don't really understand what you do. <laughs> you do really crazy things in marketing, right? My, my poor, my poor family, like my mom and my dad, they're like, yeah, I just tell people you're in marketing. Like, yeah, that, that works. Like that is perfectly all right. You could say it for marketing. Yeah. I've used that a little mm-hmm. bit, but even then they're like, so you fix computers? <laughs> <laughs> for the marketing oh, team, right? IT. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's, that's so, so bad. It's interesting. So but I, so I don't know that I've shared my story into marketing ops, but my, so when I started my career way before any of you even thought about it, probably is that I was doing um, IT management consulting and doing stuff in the financial services where we were doing data warehousing stuff and, um, I got an opportunity to go work for a company that needed someone to come in and help build a customer database or a targeting database. Um, so my first sort of mar- exposure to marketing databases was building a 50 million household database um, for this company. It was a telecom company, GTE, now part of Verizon, right? Um, because they had early entry into competitive markets. And so they need, they they needed to sort of build out a database where they could go pursue that. And back in those days, all that data was being fed to direct mail and telemarketing set, you know, call centers and stuff. Right? There was like, it was a different world and that was a huge thing. But for me, I was like, I going from highly structured, you know, controlled data from a financial standpoint to customer data, which is just a complete mess, even in the best case, right. was actually really intriguing to me. And then I also like kind of being closer to where customers were and then, over time, right, I just sort of evolved from doing consulting in the same world and then um, eventually going to work at companies where I you know, did sort of web stuff. And then eventually it all sort of got merged together to where I had web and I had the e- whatever the email platform was and eventually the kind of the whole flow of stuff and then reporting and analytics. And it just sort of expanded. And then in the last couple of roles I've been, I've actually had I think sort of tangential things like I had a demand gen title. So I actually had a, an SDR team inbound and then currently have um, uh, digital marketing under my role, like where I paid, paid digital stuff. So like it's, I think it's like, I'm comfortable with the whole process of marketing and how marketing ops fits in. And um, actually somewhere in the middle of there, I also did some sales. So, which I think was really valuable. Um, I have, I have, as, as much as we like to bag on salespeople, because we've done that before here, um, I actually appreciate just really how hard that job is. Because it is not easy to do cold outreach and get hung up on or oh. flamed or whatever. And deal with like people ghosting you or negotiating red lines on stuff. I, yeah, I give kudos to all the salespeople out there. It is not easy. Now that doesn't mean that they're allowed to be jerks to marketing. <laughs> they should still respect. Marketing. Totally agree. But, uh, but yeah, their job is not easy. No. It, yeah. I totally agree. The, the role I like, I, I very intentionally said, I'm not going into sales. <laughs> 
And, and part of that was like, that is hard. Um, not that like what we do is easy, but like that type of difficulty is not for me. This type of difficulty is kind of like what you said earlier before, right? Courtney, where you're like, ah, the demand gen games, like being stuck to a number and you know, writing copy, all these things like, nah, but I really like fixing stuff that breaks or like integrating new systems and like the, the puzzle that comes with that. Right. So definitely like very intentionally moved away. And part of that, so my journey into moms and I'll, I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible, but like the idea of mops for me started with like, uh, I was at an ad tech company that ended up buying MySpace, and I was learning how to basically like code, like display ads for their ad server so that we could, you know, spam the world with, with retargeting, like display ads, <laughs> which gave me the confidence that like, oh, I understand, like I can read HTML now. And so like, I'm going to go learn how to build a website. Uh, it wasn't as cool as building a Backstreet Boys like fan site. Um, but I definitely like went and tried to figure out like, all right, how do I build a website? How do I build emails from scratch? I legit remember being in my first role, which was like this company brought me on. They're like, Hey, we just need to send a newsletter once a month. Very similar to a lot of you. Um, but we also need you to be like in charge of like getting us to and from these conferences. So I was in this like hybrid role and that stuck with me for actually, it's, I mean, look at me now. <laughs> I mean, I'm in this hybrid role today. I'm trying to put on events. Uh, but like I, I very specifically remember taking out a piece of paper and writing down uh, table like like codes carrots like so table tr td and like visualizing like how code oh. structures emails <laughs> that you like I'm having like pal- palpitations from that like it's <laughs> yeah. painful to think about that right and so i like yeah. i definitely did that a number of times over because i was like troubleshooting my own code and i was like no 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 like these are all the tables i have like what's going on and eventually, like, you you know, now we don't have to do that as much anymore, but it is helpful to to have gone through the experience. And so I sort of fell into it, too, where I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, figure out how to do these newsletters. And I, you know, I, I also remember, like, uh, hacking my way through Photoshop to, like, how do I create a rounded edge on a Photoshop button, like, without yes. getting the pixelated edges? <laughs> Mine was a drop shadow. I was like so excited when I figured out how to do a drop shadow. I think like Photoshop five or something. I don't even know what version it was at the time. Oh, uh, isn't that funny? I bet you there's a bunch oh. of like secret Photoshop stories out there. Like I, I hated it. They were like these like faded, like pixelated edges. I didn't oh, know how to gosh. do a curved edge. It bugged the crap yeah. out of me. So I finally figured that out one day and I was like, oh, PNG. Anyway, so fell into it, ended up sticking with events and marketing and automation and all that stuff through the rest of my career. And it was yeah, now that totally is like my passion project. And, you know, here we are. We're talking about it on a podcast. Well, <laughs> I, I actually have a question. I wonder, you know, we all fell into it, but the next, now that it is a career and it is, you know, a channel or whatever, how do we get the next generation of people? Like people, we don't want people to just follow into it anymore. How do we know who to look for that are, you know, the fresh college grads? Because my and it's like a loaded question because I already have my answer. I remember the like kind of famous Google billboard where they put like a E equals pi squared puzzle thing on a Google billboard. And if you could solve that, it took you to a website with another puzzle that went to like their recruitment team. And I feel like I want to do something like that, but like with a logic statement, like 
you know, one or two and three and four and five for like job title and, you know, geography and, you know, persona and all that stuff. And if someone could figure that out, it kind of shows that they might have the aptitude to enjoy mops, whether or not they studied marketing in college is irrelevant because it's not really about, you know, that kind of educated curriculum. Um, but what do you guys think for like the next generation? Where are these people going to come from? Are they going to be computer science majors that come over into mops? Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might've guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelevents. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. I think for me, when I'm looking to hire people on my team, for me, the most important thing is someone who asks questions um, and someone who's really able to get down to business requirements um, and someone who's also really good at project managing both small and large projects and expectations. And of course, there's always going to be a baseline of technical aptitude that's going to be needed, you know, at a baseline HTML, the ability to build and send emails, landing pages, things like that. But for me, more most importantly, is kind of that expectation management, project management, curiosity piece. Do, do you think there's like a so I, I mean, I think back, it's funny because my very first job out of college, I thought is the the place I, I still think about had the best model for assessing people's sort of progression through career. And it was basically everybody, there's all these competencies that you had, there were expectations to do. So you just sort of outlined a few. And then for different levels of, and this was a consulting world, so it was pretty well defined, right? Consultant, senior consultant, manager, and so on. And at each level, they said, like, for each of these competencies, this is, like, to move from one level to the next, the expectation is that your competency within this particular thing would be at a certain level, right? And it was pretty well defined. And so I feel like some of that is missing here. And it, and it almost, we were chatting before this, right? I think it leads, what it's led to is a little bit of, um, you know, title inflation and you know it's like it's really difficult to describe what someone's doing um you know roles are thrown out there that the expectation is this is going to be one person who does like the really if you read it it's like oh this is like actually three four five people's jobs right or they're going to be working nonstop. it's just i think that's a missing piece that's, that's actually part of the problem here yeah i think there's some i think there's some title inflation, but I almost feel like it's more the opposite where I don't know if it's the 
the hiring manager or HR or where the disconnect in, but they're like, oh, it's a manager role, but you're responsible for the entire platform, the entire life cycle, all the campaigns, you're supporting demand gen and you're doing, you know, data warehouse and you're, you got to help the sales team with their product led growth initiatives, but we're just going to make it reporting and insights and right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's title deflation as well. And it's just there to me, at least is what I have felt in the market is there is a disconnect on what is realistic for one person to do. I think people think, oh, but you, you have your tool to do that. You, your platform does that, but you still have to have a human architecting the platform. It's not a magic wand. You don't just hit a button and say, give me analytics. Well, it was because these tools were called. magic wand. Yay. Was that the secret code of the episode? Do I, do I win a prize? I just like, I was like, you were like, I'm, I'm reflecting back on this, like, again, not a content writer guy. Right. So like wrote a blog post trying to like convey the message that like, marketing tools there's no magic like flip of the switch thing that like you know bless your heart sales folks out there that make it sound wonderful but like hey it's not a thing uh, you don't just turn it on and it works and like i i talked about this magic switch thing and you use magic wand but like it was the same relatively the same uh, language and i tried to convey that message like you need people to do these things and like Trust me, it's not going to work unless you have somebody to actually manage the whole thing. I agree with you. Like, I think there's, I think there's deflate, like, like role deflation, title deflation, but we're starting to see more of it. Right. So like trying not to be a total negative, negative, whatever, (laughs) um, like we're seeing VP level roles, right. Come up. And I, and I wonder if like part of the deflation bit of this whole thing has a lot to do with the fact that the market doesn't have data to support like, oh, like we should maybe consider calling this person a director or a VP just like purely because like the data doesn't exist. And so like, yeah, I know you're just a marketing manager (laughs) or whatever, marketing operations manager. Um, And so thankfully, you know, there's folks out there that are earning those roles, fighting for those titles and then like creating a path for the rest of us. Uh, but to answer your question from earlier, like I, I do think that, it, you know, I've talked to with uh, Andrea from what is now Shift Paradigm. Um, and they work a lot with the Arizona collegiate system because they're based over there. At least a number of them are. Um, and they they do um, pull out of a lot of the uh, kind of engineering roles, like um, whether it's computer science or what have you, because so many of them understand logic and you know, simple steps. And so I, I think we will see a lot of that. Um, I also appreciate some of the job postings that are out there where uh, I've seen a number of these, like someone takes a Marketo uh, like program or, or what have you. I'm not a Marketo user, but I think it's called a program. <laughs> and then they write in all these like job descriptions and details and steps into each one of the like little steps. And I think that's super clever. And if like, if, you know, I guess if you don't know what Marketo is, then you don't appreciate it as much. And so it's sort of targeted at the audience that knows Marketo, but, but it's similar to your idea, right? Or any, like where Google put up a big, big billboard. And like, if you could figure that out, like your, your aptitude for this role is maybe, maybe strong. So I don't know. Yeah. And I think I like you could idea. sometimes look around the marketing department and you could have a content writer and demand gen person or a paid ad person. And, you know, maybe 
they do have that aptitude for mops and they don't even know it. But like, if you put a puzzle out there, that's like, you know, the job title and contains or is, and if they're like, Oh, I could figure that out. Or they, again, like what Naomi said, they have the curiosity to want to try to figure it out versus someone who might just look at it and be like, that looks crazy. That looks too hard. I'm not interested. I'm going to go work in, you know, graphic design or do AB testing or something like that. Cause marketing is so broad. There's so many different pieces. So yeah. I think we have the best piece. I like operations. <laughs> I personally think I agree with that. I think we have a really strong, like it has a tie in to so many different components of the business. I think Naomi, you touched on it earlier, right? Like strong business acumen and project management, understanding how to work across those functions. I just think it's such a fun, unique role. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We're all drinking our own Kool-Aid over here. <laughs> um, there was so, uh, go ahead, Michael. No, I was going to say like, so one of the things I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think this will come out uh, publicly until after the, the, the virtual job fair for Mo pros, but maybe, maybe uh, it would have been good to share this with everybody who's going to be either recruiting there or on yeah, all this feedback it would be. I think it would be beneficial for everyone as they're going into this. So, hopefully, that the combination of this and the job fair will help some people figure out what you know where they want to go next. Yeah, totally. And, and so, like, well, you know, tomorrow is well, tomorrow, today, whenever you hear this recording, <laughs> December whatever tenth of yes. this twenty twenty one is the career fair. It'll actually be live for 30 days and then I'm sure I'll find a way to move it. And it's like amazing content that everybody recorded with us um, into some sort of archive. There's a lot to learn from there. Um, But yeah, like for those of you that didn't have a chance to attend live, like it'll be live till the like first week or so of January. So if you're hearing this and it's not January 10th of 2022, (laughs) like go check it out. Um, But yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited and we'll we will look to do more of those things. I think this community and the platforms we have access to, it's the exact thing that one of the exact things that we should be doing to educate and elevate the the need for bigger titles, better pay, more accuracy in job descriptions and so forth. Um, even advice on whether or not you should go into consulting. Right. So lots of people are talking about that too. And people are talking about how to go into management and what you need to think about. So um, tune in for that. But yeah, I think, you know, in general, really excited about it. Courtney, thanks for sharing your journey with us. Like, really appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me. I, I have You're told our very that first Opscast after dark. Like, <laughs> I've told that uh, needs story before, so I'm curious if I need to archive that and come up with a new one, or if that will be fresh for people. But. Um, and I'm still friends with some people I met in that job. And we. it seems like every time we get back together, we, that story comes up again. Do you remember needs in Salesforce? It just will live with me forever. <laughs> but thanks so again awesome. for the invite. And congratulations on 40 episodes and 5,000 downloads. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. So, Courtney, since, since you're on, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, LinkedIn is great. I'm on LinkedIn, Courtney Makara. I also have a website, mustangmartech.com. Um, and there's a, there's a form on there and it goes right to my inbox. So you can fill that out as well. 
and she's so courtney's super cool she actually helps support our very first summer camp event so you know if you need even more reason to think of her as somebody that's awesome that you should go check out like that's another reason she actually supported our very first summer camp as my small little one person business i was like i have sponsorship dollars somewhere the thought of (laughs) summer camp was such a great idea i was such a fan i had such an amazing time. I raved. I think I came home from that with like a full heart, which I don't know if I've ever came home from a conference feeling that way, but I was like all warm and fuzzy and I can't wait for the next one. So. Thank oh my you. God. Now I have really big shoes to fill. <laughs> I got Phil hearts. Uh, well, I, and so I, I still, I still wish I could have made one of them this last summer. So yeah, we'll make it. We'll, we'll do another one soon. That'd be great. Um, all right. Well, I think that we're going to call it, uh, call it then for tonight. Another uh, ups cast after dark. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, Mike, Naomi, thank you as always. And uh, thank you to our listeners. Appreciate it. Uh, continue to support us. We are really excited about where this is going and continuing to get, you know, make this something that's uh, valuable for you in your career and um, continue to help. So as always, we want your input, your feedback, uh, your suggestions for guests and all that kind of stuff. So with that, Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.